This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. I'm Michael Dwojak here with the record North Shore founding members, Joe Coglin and Martin Carlino. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We are there, so make sure you take a listen to this, subscribe, and listen to past episodes of the podcast as well. In this week's uh, episode of the podcast, we're just going to do two halves. We're going to do college basketball men's style uh, for this week's episode. In the first half, we're just going to give you guys an update about what is going on with the IHSA. Um, uh, The Sun-Times' Michael O'Brien is reporting of a lawsuit against Governor Pritzker and the IHSA. So we'll touch on that a little bit in the first half. And then in the second half, we'll talk about a story that Marty wrote about uh, Gates Gym and Nutrier potentially being torn down uh, and plan to overhaul Nutrier's athletic facilities. I know um, that has people feeling toward one way or the other. So we'll uh, touch about that in the second half. But why don't we get started in the first half and talk about uh, what the latest update is on uh, what is going on with the IHSA, which mostly is uh, nothing. But uh, we are recording this on Wednesday on December 23rd. Happy Festivus to everyone who celebrates it. <laughs> um, but um, we, Michael Rep- O'Brien of the Sun-Times came to uh, – a uh, report about four parents suing Governor Pritzker and the IHSA over winter sports cancellation. Um, and O'Brien's reporting the, cl- the suit claims that Pritzker's cancellation of the winter sports season um, is an unconstitutional violation of plaintiff's right to equal uh, protection of the Constitution of the state of Illinois. Um, it revolves around Trevor Till, the son of the lead plaintiff, Lisa Moore, uh, who took his own life in Champaign in late October. Uh, he graduated from Seneca in June and ran cross country and track, was class president, participated in multiple school activities. According to the suit and O'Brien's reporting, Trevor was devastated that he didn't have a senior track and pole vaulting season. The final blow was when winter sports were canceled. Trevor committed suicide on October 21st, um, approximate cause of which Governor Prisker's uh, restriction on the high school's program. Uh, Kate Benton, another plaintiff, is the mother of two athletes at Downers Grove North. According to her suit, her two children have been unable to be seen by college recruiters due to the cancellation of winter sports. Uh, One daughter, a basketball and softball player, has suffered socially with no contact with peers and has lost most of her friends or rarely leaves the house. Um, Several lawsuits have been filed against Pritzker over his COVID-19 restrictions. Very few have met with any success, according to O'Brien. A federal lawsuit against IHSC was dropped in early October. And according to O'Brien's uh, reporting, the IHSA declined to com- comment at this time. And Pritzker's office, office has no uh, has not responded to a request for comment. So um, I don't know how much we can really get into this, guys. But um, obviously, we've talked about um, just how what this kind of means, other than just like taking a season away. Um, just like what the whole experience has been socially for these kids, uh, 
we talked to kids um, who were, who were able to compete in the fall and how happy they were just to be able to go to practices and how happy they were to just be able to get some sort of a season. So um, obviously we know that uh, kids are going through um, some hardships, obviously dealing with the lack of a season so far for the winter sports. Yeah, this is um, um, pretty serious. You know, it's pretty um, um, troubling reading it disconcerting just because, in, you know, in the lawsuit language specifically, you know, it strictly states a proximate cause of, of Trevor's suicide uh, was Pritzker's restrictions on high school sports programs. And that's, uh, um, man, that's hard, that's hard to read. And, and, you know, I'm sure Trevor um, isn't the only high school athlete, unfortunately, um, to uh, commit suicide in the past, you know, amid the pandemic. Um, so, Unfortunately, I'm not a legal expert um, in any sense of the word, um, but from what I know about these lawsuits that have come across, there have been some similar ones, and I know this one's focusing on a very narrow issue of uh, equal uh, equal protections, but they haven't been very successful, and I believe that's because you, you've got to prove a lot of things that um, direct causation and, and, and other, um, other things against the IHSA and against Pritzker's regulations, so... Um, but I'm sure I, I would hope I would hope the IHSA and the governor take these lawsuits, you know, whether whichever way they go in the courts t- to heart and that um, there's a lot of people struggling, not just um, student athletes, but um, students across the state in, in many regards um, through this pandemic. And um, any way we can work our tail off to get back to normalcy safely, which um, um, I hope they're working as hard as they can to do so is going to be a benefit um, to children across state. Right. Yeah, and I think something else worthwhile to, to note, at least just looking at this article from, uh, from Michael O'Brien, is that the lawsuit is alleging the, the cancellation of winter sports. And as far as we know, these sports are not yet canceled, rather just rescheduled. Right. Um, so that, that, that might be something legally that, that makes this more challenging moving forward. So, so uh, going off of it, obviously not an easy topic to uh, talk about or you obviously move off of, but um, I know last week we talked about the realistic uh, ability of there being sports in 2021. And uh, I know there have been clips about basketball um, happening, so- happening so- sooner rather than later, which is hard to say apparently, but um, what, what do you, how, I mean, and obviously this holiday season is always hard to kind of get things going, but I know I saw last week that the IHSA and the governor's office have still not really reached an agreement about whether they're going to, uh, meet together and that kind of stuff. And, um, whether they're going to come to a consensus where, um, how confident are you guys where it seems like these things are going to get resolved in a way or do lawsuits like this. And obviously this isn't the first lawsuit just make things more hostile between the two groups and might put uh, might put some sports in jeopardy at all. Do you guys think? Oh, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have confidence in these two groups meeting other than maybe um, on the phone. I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of ins and outs. We don't really know a lot of nuance, but um, it hasn't happened yet. And um, I believe the only side we hear is pushing for it is the IHSA. So 
Um, I don't have much confidence in them meeting, but lawsuits like this as well. I mean, they're, they're getting it from all sides. I'm sure. Um, it, it, I, I think the pressure should be on though. I mean, it's bringing pressure, but the pressure should be on. This is, this is quite literally um, in some cases, a matter of life or, life or death. So um, these decisions, I mean, they're in these positions of power to make these decisions and they have to step up to the plate. Um, and right now, and in early 2021, we like we mentioned we got 25 sports and activities we got to pack into a half of a school year so um they're gonna have to figure out how to how to do that and what to cancel and when to cancel and um if they have to cancel all those things i just hope they they just do it soon just because to give some semblance of hope is coming you know normalcy is coming um you know i, I actually talked to a few um, to one high school um, coach and friend recently, and, and I've talked to some other teachers, my whole family's teachers in the past. And, um, kids and teachers are, are really struggling through this. It's really a no-win situation for anybody. Um, so um, I don't know, anything you can do to provide a path, I think is important. And we talked about last week, maybe seeing some signs of hope, maybe our potentially first signs of hope. It almost feels like in a in a week since we we've taken a little bit of a step back. And I know that that might be something that's hard to say because the, the board hasn't even met and we haven't even gotten a whole lot of news. But I think as Joe mentioned, the fact being that we haven't gotten any signal or any hope um, really in any time is something that is cause for us to lose a little bit of optimism moving forward because the clock is really starting to tick and it's seemingly, seemingly is starting to tick faster than ever. Yeah, and I, th- I think I agree with you. I, I mean, obviously, this is a unprecedented situation. Obviously, this is stuff that no one has ever experienced before and known how to figure out. But at the same time, you would like, I, I think I would give more credit to when, like, back in March, when like they were canceling the basketball tournament and they were canceling the spring season. And I gave them more cre- benefit of the doubt, just saying that, um, I mean, we don't know what's going on, we don't know how deadly this disease is and we don't know how spreadable this disease is and that kind of stuff and not to say that we know things perfectly now that we're not even close to that but um we know stuff we know how effective masks are we know how effective social distancing is and we know how effective um it, we just know more than we did back in march where now i think i mean you've seen other conferences other states institutions able to like run out season i mean indiana has been able to pull off a football season and now they're having a basketball season and i know um obviously things are different there than they are here and that kind of stuff and not every situation um fits the same mold but at some point you have as an institution need to come up with a plan and need to um you know think of something and it just doesn't seem like we've ever been given that and i think it would like to your to like what you said joe i think a lot of athletes and a lot of coaches uh would benefit from the ihsa just saying here are our plans. Like we're going to do this. If like if positivity rates and hospital rates and all that kind of stuff are at this level, we're going to plan on doing this at this rate. And if things are at this level, we're going to do this and all that kind of stuff. And it, it doesn't seem like that hard to do because at this point, if you're the IHSA, what else are you doing? Like you're fighting for your life right now, like trying to make sure you can get these sports. And, and I think it would, like you mentioned, it would do a lot of good stuff for both coaches and players if you just put out any sort of plan, any sort of hope, just so they like know, like what, what are we aiming for? You know, 
instead of just saying like blind, weighing blindly, well, is IHS going to meet with Governor Pritzker and what's going to happen from this like meeting and that kind of stuff. So I don't know if you guys agree, but I do think that um, even if you don't, even if you know that the plan isn't going to work, just showing that you have a plan makes a difference for a lot of players and coaches. And um, I think it can make a difference for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think plans are, are, important for that very reason, Michael, I really do. And I think, uh, you know, no one, you know, there's going to be a lot of, no, it's not going to make everybody happy. Maybe it makes no one happy, but at least it shifts the focus to developing that plan and, uh, amending it and, um, you know, evolving it to maybe where it fits, um, and, and to actually set it in stone. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's important. So it'd be really interesting to see what happens out of the upcoming meetings. Hopefully in the new year, we can tell you guys about winter sports coming back, low risk sports at least, and uh, hopefully doing what we were able to do in the fall, just kind of get some sorts of uh, normalcy. Um, more and more uh, health workers are getting uh, vaccinated, which is great to see. And um, hopefully the next tier of groups of people who are going to be vaccinated are um, going to receive the vaccine. So hopefully we can, start moving in the right direction. But until then, we'll uh, see what the IHS decides to do and what the state decides to do on uh, whether they want to meet and work together as a cohesive group or continue doing what they've been doing for the past, I guess, three-fourths of a year and not really moving much uh, in the right direction. But we're going to move in the right direction, move to the second half of this podcast. But before we do so, uh, let's give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicago area, so make sure to check them out. Move better, live better. Thanks to them, as always, for the great sponsorship of this podcast. So the second half of the podcast, we're going to focus on a story that Matt, Marty, you wrote, uh, I think it was last week, um, about Nutrier's Gates Gym, about how it could potentially be torn down and uh, plan to overhaul Nutrier's athletic facilities. Uh, Marty, obviously, you wrote... Uh, the story and know what the Board of Education said. So I'll let you uh, give some details and uh, let the folks at home know what uh, what the facts are about what's being talked about. Yeah, and first off, great use of the word potential, Michael, because before we get rolling here, I don't want to steer anyone down the down the wrong path or, uh, or lead them to any information that might not uh, actually happen. But it's in the very preliminary stages right now, um, and it's just at the point where it's – first being formally presented in front of the Board of Education. Um, so as, as you mentioned, Michael, a little bit of background. The, the district has been working on uh, upgrades to its facilities, not just the Winneka campus, but um, district-wide and all areas of the campus since 2019, when it approved a 15-year facilities plan. So officials from uh, Nutria delivered the latest updates to that, uh, that 15 year facility plan last Monday night at the regular board of education meeting, board of education meeting, excuse me. And now the area of the campus that is up for, uh, attention slash renovation slash plans for, uh, making it better suited for students is the east side of the Winneka campus. And I'm sure as our listeners know, that is the side of the campus where the Gates gymnasium is located. And, that is the facility on that side of the campus that the official that school officials are really targeting. Um, so the architecture for, firm that works with the district presented um, five options for the future of that facility. 
I'll try to go through them as quickly as possible here without uh, going too extensively into them. But the first two options um, to, to summarize them briefly were just some pat, some patching up of the facilities, some maintenance, some, some upgrades here and there, nothing major. Um, but the third option was uh, where we start to get into the significant plans, which include uh, possibly a teardown of the facility and the construction of a whole new three-story state-of-the-art athletic facility. Um, and the final two options were a little bit even further than that with some, some more additions to that facility, so some total complete upgrades and extensive, extensive prog- projects that would cost a very high uh, amounts of money. So no formal action has been taken on anything yet, but it seems that officials are at least leaning towards the, the possibility of going toward an option that's going to provide a new facility at Nutrier. Uh, because unfortunately the reality of the situation is the, the Gates gym is just not able to effectively serve um, Nutrier's student athlete population and uh, all the students at the school taking kinetic, kinetic wellness classes as well. Um, one thing that was really interesting is they did a, a peer district analysis of some of the facilities in, in nearby schools. And that analysis showed that although Nutrier has the largest enrollment and the largest amount of student athletes, their facilities are um, it, relatively far behind the, the other nearby schools. So <laughs> there's a lot of work that needs to be done to, uh, to Gates Gym, and we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, for anyone who's interested in following these proceedings, the next um, we're likely going to get the next news on what's going to happen in early January uh, when the Board of Education is going to have a workshop session to discuss uh, some of the financials in more details and sort of uh, hear out a lot more of these plans in a lot more detail. So I, I wanted us to talk about this on this podcast because I, when I saw the news, I thought that this would be like a terrible idea. And may, maybe I'm like nostalgic. Maybe I'm like <clears throat> big into it. And like I, I've, been, I've been to Nutrier a, couple, a, few, a few times by now. Um, and I've been inside Gage Gym, and I like remember the first time about going to Gage Gym. You go up the stairs, you gotta get like it, you get old school like right away, like just looking outside of it. Then you walk inside, and it's like this. It's it's big. I mean, it's huge. You got this kind of old school looking gym. Obviously, it's nearly a hundred years. You have like a pit style where like on the floor, like the, the basketball court is renovated, like the all that kind of stuff is renovated. But, like when you look up, like the balconies and like all the um, all the columns and that kind of stuff, you can tell that that is like nearly a hundred years old. And like, yeah. that's, and that's like pretty cool when you are like looking talking about like high school basketball and like, um, personally, I have never been a fan of, um, tear it down and make, make it this huge like gym and, uh, where you have like no personality, where you have like no anything to it. Like I could imagine, like I, I've covered a few games there and where things have gotten pretty packed and it gets, it gets crazy in there. Like you get great acoustics to it. You get people really into it. And I know one of the complaints is you don't get as many fans in there as much as you wanted, but I think tearing down Gates gym would be, it just wouldn't be good. I mean, when you think of great gyms, you think of Nutrier's Gates gym, you think of Evanston's uh, gym is really cool. And I think they could easily use Evanston's gym as a good example of how to modernize it where, um, obviously Northwestern isn't paying the bill for, uh, Nutrier to update a gym like Evanston did, uh, because the women's basketball program had to play there when they were reworking Ryan 
uh, or whatever it's called, uh, Welsh Ryan Arena for Northwestern. So obviously that won't be a factor, but I think you could easily rework the classrooms. You can modernize it in a way where you still have like the cool features of an old gym in there. You can keep all of that, but you can also like make it cool and modern as opposed to just tearing it down and replacing it with another, like another big field house, another gym that lacks any character. And yeah, that just and I, like, there's like think, any other kind of gym in the area. I think one of the things you, you heard officials say over and over again, and so far what we've, we've covered on this story is that they, they want to maintain the history. They want to, to do everything possible to keep that in place. But as I mentioned earlier, it's at the point right now where any significant investment in Gates gym, it's just not going to return the amount of money you're spending on um, to, to get that work done. And it's important to keep in mind that one of the, uh, one of the primary responsibilities of a, of a board of education is to responsibly use uh, the finances that taxpayers entrust them with. So they're, they're trying to also, uh, look at this from the perspective of what's the best financial option for the district, what's going to be the best um, option for the district 10 years from now, 20 years from now, uh, 100 years from now. And, and the reality is that Gates is going to require a lot of money for a lot of years uh, moving forward if it's not significantly uh, altered. And, and and you mentioned, Michael, the the gym itself, I think, is is okay where it is right now. I think the, the major problems are some of the ancillary areas, the, the bathrooms, right. the balconies, the classrooms, the indoor track, uh, the, weight, the weight rooms. Uh, those are some of the areas that are really given, given Nutria and its extensive uh, students, student population uh, some, some difficulties. Yeah. I, it's, it's important – I, I want to see that we're obviously so early in this process that we don't have a lot of numbers. I think the numbers we saw as a, as a very early estimate were between 60 or 75 million to raise the facility and rebuild. And they were saying in the meeting that to do a significant renovation, but keep the structure intact is actually more than that. So that, I think that's something to keep in mind is if you were trying to keep a lot of um, the Gates gym intact and modernize around it significantly, not just touches here and there. Yeah. It's going to cost more money than a complete overhaul. Or- sorry to inter- sorry to interrupt you real quick, Joe, but just one number that they had mentioned for the very most basic plan of just, you know, patching some holes, covering some cracks, you know, very basic work. The estimate was $10 million. So you have to, you have to think about it from that perspective of, $10 million to, to really get no significant changes at all versus potentially 60 to 75 million to get a state of the art facility that could last you the next 150 years, maybe. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's what, I, that's what I'm saying is that, you know, if you do some patchwork, you're going to have to keep doing patchwork and that's going to, that's going to build up to that investment and then some, and like I said, a complete overhaul while keeping the structure intact is more than, um, raising the building. So, um, I'm just curious what those numbers actually are. And, and hopefully as we get down this process, I think we'll get those numbers and we'll see like plan a is this much and plan B is this much. And I wonder if the difference between destroying the building and building a new one and renovating, but keeping it intact is close. I wonder how close it is. And I know they said, um, it's obviously more to do the latter, but uh, I'll be interested to see that, and that'll come along, and, and we'll take a look at that. But 
the overarching theme, and you guys have mentioned it, you guys have been in Gates Gym. I've been in probably every room on that side of the building over the years. It is in desperate need of it is it is a mess. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, the, the maze of no one is saying it's perfect right now. The the size of the hallways. Uh, I don't think you can walk next to somebody in some of those underground trying to get to the un- indoor track. I mean, it's just not re- representative of a of a world class high school that I think Nutria believes it is, and I think it is, and they certainly want to be. So, um, uh, you know, they got they got a big project on their hands and one that's going to be significant financially, um, and they just got to work through what they can do. But I do agree with you, Michael. They got to keep at least you know, that historical character has to be a part of the rebuild if they do choose to rebuild. I think that's so important to Gates Gym. Uh, it, it's helped it, helped it stand out. But when you cannot host an Evanston versus Nutrier game because it can't fit the people, you got a problem. I mean, you, you got to <laughs> – Nutrier's got to be able to host those games, um, you know, to have home court advantage and then to build the community of the basketball squad, which is a big uh, – star in uh, the nutrient flag so um it'll be interesting to see where it goes but uh, you know it, it definitely needs a major overhaul whether it's demolishing or redoing it needs it i think if i remember reading correctly one of the wasn't one of the plans marty to build a field house where you would have like parts of it under there and then you would have the court above it yeah so one one of the options and it seems like this is the preferred option is uh for a facility that would be three stories. The third story would be uh, additional classrooms, which is something that the the board expressed great interest in um, because it would provide something like the early estimate is eight extra learning classrooms, which would be uh, a great utilization of extra space for Nutrier. Uh, The second, the main floor would then be the the gym facility, weight rooms, um, training areas, all, all that great stuff. And then the, the first floor of that facility would potentially be uh, artificial turf area uh, or something along uh, and the indoor track area. So um, that seems to be one of the uh, that was described as option C. And that seems to be the option that has the most momentum moving forward. Um, and as we've we've talked, we'll just have to see about uh, where it goes from here. But that that seems like it has the most momentum right now. Right. And I remember reading in your story, you mentioned that Nutria is the only school in the area that doesn't have a field house. And I never really put that together until I, until I read that, but it is true. Nutria doesn't have a field house. I mean, Loyola has a field house, GBS, GBN have field houses, HP has a field house. And I know now is West and Evanston do as well. Um, so part of my, uh, part of my cause to save Gates Jim here is I'm really starting a movement here on the podcast, but um, I think you could Again, this is me without any architecture experience or, you know, knowing the expenses of anything. This is me just like glorifying everything. But I know that there's a space next to Gates Gym. Why not just build a field house there, have all the nice amenities there, and then, you know, spend some money on the gym, obviously, in Gates Gym. I mean, obviously, this isn't my money that I'm throwing around. So, I mean, (laughs) it's easy for me to just say, do this and go do this and like make it all, all fun and dandy. But I do think that there are solutions here to keep engaged Jim around. And um, obviously we'll see how the board decides to go. I'm sure obviously they want to be looking at um, the best use of taxpayers money and that sort of stuff. But I mean, I mean, if you guys think about it, if obviously this is a big, if this is early on in the process, but if Nutria does end up tearing down Gage Jim, you really lose a lot of character in the area. Cause then, I mean, Loyola's gym 
is good. I think it's a fun environment to be in. It's like old school historical, but it's not historical like Evanston or New Trier is. GBS is fun because it's like the Titan Dome, so you don't have that experience anywhere else. But I mean, if you look at other gyms in the area, I mean, other gyms in the area are basically just your prototypical high school gym that doesn't have any thrills or anything like that. So um, I know obviously money always rules the day and that kind of stuff, but um, I think if you can make it possible, I think keeping Gates gym and renovating it a little bit. And if obviously you want to give your kids the best opportunities, but I think keeping Gates gym and its tradition would uh, benefit the community. And it'd be fun just to have that around. I mean, how I feel like too many times we see all these like cool places being torn down and being brand new and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if I'm just being a romantic about old school, high school basketball, <laughs> but I do think uh, if it's, it is possible, it'd be wise for Nutri to keep Gates gym around uh, if they can. Yeah. I think the, uh, the romanticizing is, is a little bit of a factor, but you know, I, I agree with you in a sense, Michael, but I think the one option you mentioned of, of keeping gym, of keeping Gates, excuse me, and building, a new facility just doesn't work logistically and, and space-wise. Uh, I, I missed the, the years of college and architecture classes, so I apologize if I uh, am mistaken in that. Um, but I, I think it's a space issue. There is some room, as you mentioned, but for a facility uh, that, would, that would fulfill the needs they have right now, I think it would have to be something pretty extensive that would require sort of all that, that area on that side of the campus. I mean, I've never been one for logistics and that kind of stuff, so I don't know <laughs> if we really need to focus on that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I am, I'm, I'm sure you agree, obviously, I, you want to put out what makes the most amount of sense. But um, So we'll see how this story goes. I'm sure, Marty, you'll, you'll stay on it and see what the Board of Education decides to do um, moving forward. But, obviously, we just wanted to bring that up on the podcast, talk about it. I know some people uh, were interested in that news, so I uh, figured why not get in on the conversation and the Obviously, to our listeners at home, if you have any thoughts or that kind of stuff, obviously comment back at um, either tweet at us or Facebook at us, whatever you guys are listening through. Uh, comment on the story as well. because If you have uh, any great stories from that, from that indoor track or, or those weight rooms or <laughs> yeah. any of those areas that uh, are being targeted for improvement. Obviously, want to hear from you guys about that. Um, so before we say goodbye, it is the holiday season here on the Varsity Podcast. And uh, we figured we uh, would assign ourselves each to give one gift uh, to a local school, whether that be New Trier, uh, whether that be Loyola, North Shore Country Day, Regina, what have you. Um, uh, we're we're going to focus mostly on their athletic department. So we're going to give them one gift uh, this season um, just to uh, – we're feeling uh, like 2020 has been a pretty bad year. And we figure everyone needs uh, a little joy. So we're gonna, each going to give out a gift. And Marty, I know a uh, quick gift came to you right away. So I'll let you uh, start things off here in the season of giving. Yeah, and I've actually had another one since, Michael. So I'm going to go two here, both Loyola, oh. Aca- both Loyola Academy related. So the first one is going to be some parking at the Wilmette campus because we've all uh, been there on a Saturday afternoon searching for parking five minutes before kickoff. And then you gotta you got to park at New Trier down the street and – and run and run over to make it in time for kickoff. Uh, so that would be my first gift. Would be about uh, maybe 200 additional parking spaces. Again, as you mentioned, Michael, not a big logistic guy. Not sure where those spaces would would come from, where they would be located. But give me 200 spaces at uh, at Loyola for Christmas. Merry Christmas. And then uh, 
The second one would be at the Munns campus, and this is more of a personal thing, but I think they should just have a little room somewhere off to the side that's filled with coats, blankets, um, hats, and gloves <laughs> for, for all the games where you show up where you think it's going to be uh, 50 degrees up there, but you get at the top of the hill and it's actually like 29 degrees and you're freezing for four hours. So that would be my second gift. Two, two great gifts, two great gifts. Happy holidays. It is amazing how much of a temperature, how like you can go from 30, it can go from like 50 degrees to 20 degrees just by going yeah. up that hill. So, and maybe if we're uh, feeling, very, maybe if we're feeling frisky, some hot chocolate, a little hot chocolate machine, a coffee machine, something <laughs> that was maybe some hand warmer, some of those little, uh, hand warmer packets. Those, those would all be great. That would make for a, a great holiday gift. <laughs> Definitely. Joe, what are your, uh, what are you giving out this holiday season? Well, I got what Marty just made me think of another one at Munns. If we could do a mature tree, like border around the whole thing to stop that wind. I feel like that would help. Drastically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, some may say a wall, but trees would definitely be more aesthetically pleasing. More aesthetic. <laughs> Lightly to get past the, the school board <clears throat> or the yeah. board of trustees in, in Loyola's case. But, um, you know, this gift is a long time coming for Nutrier. And uh, I remember when it was a big fight between, not a big fight, I shouldn't say fight, um, but between uh, the village and the <clears throat> board of education at Nutrier. But I would like to gift Duke Child Field a modernized backstop and Ooh. dugouts uh, around all the way around the facility. We're talking that's about a nice, that's a nice holiday gift. <laughs> we're talking that's about a, nice a field holiday. that borders Willow Road, a a significant road, uh, east to west road in the North Shore, um, and <laughs> fly ball, foul balls land <laughs> <down> there five <laughs> times a game minimum. Just bounce off trucks. <laughs> surprised you know there has been damage and and there has been lawsuits filed i believe in the past for for nutria to pay for those damages but someone's going to get hurt someone's going to injured and that's number one number two that field compared to every other field looks like it's from 1970 not like a cool aesthetic like the 60s or 50s <laughs> but a really bad one that they just threw up because they it, it's it's just a chain link fence and i know they've kind of tried to put up some sort of netting but I remember the big sticking point was with the village of Winneka would not approve it because they didn't like the look of it. But as you enter the gateway of Winneka, but I, I can't imagine what people think seeing a 1980s baseball field for the premier high school baseball team in the area. I, or I don't understand why they didn't do it, but they need it. Um, it needs, it should be a destination. Nutria is like one of the most historic baseball programs around. Um, they need they need a modernized backstop specifically for safety number one and number two just to get with the times all that extra all that extra grass behind the home run fence too i mean uh baseball fanatic here it just drives me crazy it does not look good there should not be that much extra space behind the fence there should not be no doesn't like look it. good, good <laughs> so while both of your gifts were like uh necessity and nice things i'm kind of going for a luxury with my gift here um i know uh marty you mentioned the parking and obviously they know they uh added some parking but i mean once they're going to build allegedly that theater where the current parking is they're just going to be in the same uh situation um so i mean they're you're really not solving any problems there so your gift will be really good but i think for the football team for everything that they have i think i'm going to give the Loyola football team uh 
big screen jumbotron uh, so they can have a, a fun scoreboard there that uh, some area high schools have as well. Because for how great like the renovations at Loyola have been, like the new concession stand, all the building, the brand new turf that they just got this past September, the the scoreboard is a little uh, a, a little uh, weak. It's old school, sure, it's cool, and it's it's nice that Wintrust has decided to sponsor it for some reason. But um, <laughs> I think Loyola, for how many for how much money they put into the football program, and for um, just how great that experience is. I think if you put a jumbotron there, um, that would just make you feel like you're at a small college at that point, because, um, put a jumbotron there, you really get a, a fun experience there at a uh, Horister field that you don't have to take down the current one. You can just put it on the other side and easily put the jumbotron and have two, uh, two, uh, scoreboards or whatever you want to call them going. But, uh, to Loyola, I think I'm going to give them a jumbotron. Uh, like I said, not a necessity, not really logistical, but, <laughs> Uh, fun little thrill. Just I to, feel like uh, I feel like we could use some fun. we could use some more stands there too. It always seems like yeah. the the stands fill up pretty fast, and maybe part of the charm of the field is standing around the the fence on the edge of the field. Maybe that's part of the charm of it. But uh, I think it needs some new stands too because the games I've been at, there's you know dozens, sometimes hundreds of people standing around the fence. Yeah, I know for big games that they would always. Uh, like bring in more bleachers to put on both ends of the both the ends of the end zones, but yeah, I always oh, the, visit, that, the visiting uh, side needs you know three or four new sets of bleachers because the visiting oh, yeah. side is so small. <laughs> yeah, get that home field advantage. You got to make the visiting True. stand stand. You know, True. but those are our gifts uh, to both Mutual and Loyola. Obviously, we are not paying for said gifts, so. Um, who knows if they happen, but in the general spirit of things, um, we wish I'm going to go out on a limb in 2021. Say the warming room at Munn's campus is not going to happen. I'd probably say not. <laughs> I think your car would probably be better than the, I don't know if the room has a better chance than the room happening there, but uh, those are some of the gifts that we've got for the local area schools. And that uh, puts the wrap on another episode of the varsity of the varsity podcast. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to them. Make sure uh, you are listening to not only this episode, but check out old episodes as well, as we have you covered on everything that's happening here in the North Shore scene. So for Joe, Marty, and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. Happy holidays as always, and we will talk to you guys down the road. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a product of the record NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Thank you.